0: for 40 years i have been had the joy and it is joyous of being a business attorney specializing in the needs of closely held businesses you know, Mom and Pops, basically, mostly family businesses going through down through the generations, and because advising businesses also of course means advising the owners and advising their families, I became a certified financial planner very early in my career. In fact, I was number eight hundred and twelve in the whole country. now there are hundreds of thousands so i 've always been interested in financial stuff too. Financial smarts is an important aspect of our overall happiness and well-being, and I'm happy to teach that. Our relationship with money, though, both as as individuals and as a culture, is important and it has become so dysfunctional. One advantage of being old now is having lived through some big trends in the course of my life, and so I've watched us develop this spiritually unhealthy relationship with money in many ways and with what money means. Are highly, highly dysfunctional at this point Western culture is obsessed with money now. Money is no longer just a means of exchange, but in fact, it's become a gauge of our overall value as human beings. And it wasn't this way at all back in the 50s and 60s when the playing field was remarkably much more level. In fact, I can't remember this obsession with money as a way to gauge our human value until the latter part of the 1980s. That seems to be when the trend began. Then came, of course, the dot-com boom. You remember that late in the 90s. Then came this obsession in this century with these disparities, vast disparities in wealth and almost idolizing people who just happened to luck on a good idea and start a business that became very successful. That's really all these big tech companies are. Money showed us, though, Who are the winners and losers in life? Money as an indication of our value as human beings is something that we take for granted now. But really, this spiritually bankrupt detour is no more than a generation old, and it's nonsensical. So we have someone with us today who can help us talk about that. Our guest to help us make sense of this is Donna Donna Campbell. I'm trying to say it right. She has a beautiful name. It's spelled D-A-W-N-A. So Donna Campbell. Donna is a most motivational speaker who focuses on financial health as an important part of helping us to create a life of happiness, prosperity, and love. Yes, you can have all three. In fact, you really only can have all three or none at all. She shares with others what she calls her personal heart-centered healing philosophy, and she's lately published a book called Financially Fit in an effort to help us bring together the financial world, the energy world and the soul's essence, and thereby begin to create a better world for all of us. Welcome, Donna. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Hi, and thank you so much, Roberta, for having us on
1: for the show today. I'm so, so excited and thankful and honored.
0: Oh, aren't you sweet to say that? Thank you. You know, because this is your first time with us, many people listening now would kind of like to get to know our guests a little bit as a way to Understand your worldview and where you where it's coming from, and you have an interesting background. Can you tell mm-hmm. me um tell us a little about your history just a little bit and you once managed five hundred million dollars? That's not chicken change.
1: No, it's not. Um, I'm formerly a financial advisor and a managing principal of an investment firm, and during my decade career with that. I did, and I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money.
0: OMG, and you do ever sleep during that entire period? <laughs> I no, thought. I don't think you do. <laughs> no, not at all. Not oh, at all. Not.
1: oh my goodness. What happened for me was that amount of stress and pressure and that worry broke down my health. And I spent two years with the medical community trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And it wasn't until I sought out natural healing, natural medicine to understand what was really going on because the doctors weren't able to figure it out. And after two years, I discovered I wasn't able to digest food. And that's why I didn't have calcium in my body, why I didn't oh, have calcium wow. in my body. And that I was in and out of the emergency room every so many days. There was a period of time I spent 30 out of 45 days in the hospital with all of the things with doctors not being able to diagnose. So what happened was there was something in my outside life that I couldn't digest because I wasn't digesting food on the inside of my life, according to Chinese medicine, and what I wasn't able to digest was the fact that there was a lot of anger and infidelity in my marriage. Now I grew oh up.
0: Oh, I huh? was thinking it was stress from the money, but it wasn't. It was stress from the marriage.
1: Right. Stress oh my. from the marriage with the anger combined with the anger in the financial services world. Because when I was a financial advisor, we had 9-11, the stock market closed. I was the person that got to say, I'm sorry, I cannot get your money out for you. The stock market is closed. It'll be closed for a while. So oh, you know, events like that also happened. So there was a lot of anger in the industry as well. Yeah. What I uncovered was a lifelong pattern. I grew up in an angry household, not knowing that... This was not a normal thing. And so because my marriage was less angry and my career was less angry, I thought I was doing really well. And that was the emotion that broke down my health that started this whole chain reaction for the next four to five years.
0: Oh, my word. So you ended up divorced and bankrupt.
1: Right. I did. Two
0: two young children.
1: Yes, I did. Oh, my Lord. I'm so sorry. Devastated. Well, I took a year off. I did some study and I was trying to figure out what what's in common, which was me. And when I went back to go into the financial services world, I was unemployable because it was the global recession.
0: Oh, yes. I remember it well. Oh, my. So what did you do? I prayed a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: you have to, yes. There was also a period of time, during that year I took off, I decided that I was going to live in an American ashram, which was a spiritual living community, because I wanted to understand what all of these things had in common, which was me. So I was going to use meditation, I was studying science and physics and brainwave patterns, and then it was during that time I decided that I could have another relationship. And I went into a spiritual partnership with another person. And after we left the ashram, th- what happened for me was he was trying to get me secluded and broken away more from society. Oh. For two years, he became uh, domestically violent towards me. So when oh, I was that situation, so when I said... I prayed a lot. I meant it because when I left, I prayed all the way back to where I started in Idaho and made a promise that if my children and I were kept safe, that I would dedicate my life to this healing path that was correcting my body and changing things for me. And that's exactly what I did. And that's what I fulfill every single day is here. 12 years later is that promise. And so that's why I do what I do today.
0: And everyone, what what, what interests me about her book, and I've read the whole book, and I, we, can, we can't cover everything today, but we're going to cover some highlights. What interests me is, as you know, I talk about energy in terms of making your life better and so on. But I come at it purely from a, a Christian background. Even though I've studied Eastern religions, I usually don't talk to any of you about it, about mm-hmm. Eastern religions. But... Um, Donna does something which I think is a great compliment to what I've been teaching. She uses Eastern practices, Eastern ideas, meditation, chanting, all of that stuff, and she's able to to use those those things to improve your relationship with money substantially. So I think her book is a great compliment. Frankly, I I really really enjoyed reading it. Um, but what is your Biggest take on it. And then I want to drill down on some things. Um, I think the biggest
1: realization that I had putting together Financially Fit was when I was working with my clients. Now, I have an international practice. So this was in every country and every culture. And people were saying things like, well, I just want to know that I'm worthy and that I'm valued and I'm appreciated. And it clicked one day. Those were the same words we used in the financial planning industry. Yes. Here is your net worth. Here's your portfolio value. Your assets appreciated. Yes. And do you have enough money to fund XYZ goal? And if you didn't have enough money to fund the goal, the likelihood is you didn't feel like you were enough on the inside. So that was when it really started clicking with my study of physics and with what Nikola Tesla said. If you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency. Yes, yes. And that yes. when it
0: all clicks. And, and you talk about, and I think it's a very, it's true. When people talk about someone's net worth, mm-hmm. then it that implies at least we're talking about their value. When, of course, yes. it doesn't at all. It just means how much do they have in their pocket?
1: Exactly.
0: As, as I used to tell my clients, if you have a dollar more than you need, you're rich. If you have a dollar less than you need, you're poor. I mean, that's all. To to yeah. to keep score with millions and millions of dollars is just wasting your your very precious life when you should be growing spiritually. So I that's a great. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about mm-hmm. how you compare the the kinds of worth that we really have with right. this limited notion of financial net worth.
1: Right. So what I uncovered was regardless of what area a client wanted change in, whether it was health, wealth or relationships, when we shifted things on a vibrational level, say we let go of anger and we brought in abundance, for example, then what happened was their financial situation also changed. And that was when I realized really how the subconscious of our mind, of our brain works. Our subconscious records everything from the moment we're born to the day we exit this earth and it's assigning emotions and feelings to each event. The problem is, is our awareness level of that is only 10%. And we know this because scientists measured Albert Einstein's brain and his awareness level was 10%. (laughs) <laughs> so there's 90% that we send out right. through energy. We don't even know what we're doing. Yes. Yes. And when you think, um, you know, when you think of the word net worth and you think you have to have a high net worth or you're asking for abundance and prosperity, but you feel less than and not enough. And um, that's that 90% of the energy that's going out. It's not going to return to you the abundance and the prosperity if you don't feel abundant and prosperous, even though you might be saying the words.
0: Yes, absolutely right. We talk about affirmations. Um, mm-hmm. Here we pray in gratitude affirmations, and you're you 're essentially doing something very similar i mean if you If you say, "Please God, uh, you know give me money for the mortgage you 're claiming the lack of the money, whereas right. if you say, "Thank you, God, for the money that I always have enough money." You're claiming the gift. The gift is there. It just needs to be manifested in your life. And that's what you show, I think, rather beautifully, how you, man- how you can make it manifest. You do it more deeply than I do, I have to say. Um, and, and talk about that process. Um, yeah. someone, someone listening is thinking, okay, I want to try what she's doing. Talk about what the process uh-huh. is, how you get into it and get serious about it.
1: Okay. So for me, it's about becoming the prayer that you prayed or becoming the meditation. And it's a technique that a Buddhist monk taught me and he shot us a walking meditation. And then he sat us down after making us walk for 20 minutes. And he said, this is a metaphor for life. This is a way, a state of being that you need to be in. And this is it's kind of like the sweet spot of where the brain waves and the brain patterns work. Because instead of being in that stressful worry pressure state, what you want to do is be in the calm, peaceful, kindness, you know, thankfulness state. And that will take a small adjustment in the brainwave pattern. So meditation is the entry point and the key for that. But how I work with people is a little bit different because My clients don't need to go into a meditation. I do, but I share in an energy frequency with them. And where the subconscious works, assigning emotions and feelings to the event, that's where I start. I uncover what they feel by asking questions of what is stopping them from moving into and having the things they asked for. And then I use the body as a point of reference. And then I also use what an originating event was for them by asking those questions so we can uncover the feeling where it's stuck in the body and the event it got associated to. And then a technique that a medicine woman taught me was how to pivot and shift that energy because in every moment, every frequency exists. You just got stuck on worry or stress or frustration. So we uncover what you need and we let the brain recode, and it's like reprogramming a computer. It happens instantaneous every single time.
0: Wow, and are people aware this is happening inside them?
1: Yep, it's exactly the process that I use. So if you were and I were working, I would ask you the questions, I ask to enter your space, I ask you for verbal permission for the change, because you have to consciously agree. And if you don't say yes, nothing happens so you always right. have full power of everything so wow. it's usually would you like to have abundance and prosperity without the stress and worry and when you say yes it automatically happens and your consciousness just reprogrammed your subconscious and i get to witness that
0: oh my goodness is it a permanent change
1: it is absolutely Because we associated it back to an event of where it first got started. So when you relook at that event, you're going to see it from a different point of view or a different perspective. When I have you recheck the body, your body in that area that located it is going to feel different. It's going to feel lighter or the weight will be lifted off or the tension might be gone off the back. You will notice a physical difference as well.
0: What's fascinating, with doing this work, we find these energy reactions across the board. People who do other life, it's past life regression, but it can also be future life progression to Mm -hmm. get rid of some issue in this life, whether it's a pain or a fear or something Mm -hmm. like that. When you find, uh, with the the help of a hypnotherapist, you find the place where that fear of of heights or that constant pain in your back or whatever started and you find Mm -hmm. the event that made it happen, it's Mm -hmm. cured instantly. Absolutely. So so you're saying the same thing about emotions, negative emotions that are blocking (laughs) our ability to um, be prosperous or to be peaceful or whatever it is we're trying to be. That's fascinating. Don't you think that's fun? Wow. I love that. Right. Okay, and so this is what you do um, if people come to you for help. You you help them to find the blockages and clear them. Yes, absolutely, because that's
1: exactly how it was for me. I was my own first client, and people <laughs> yes. who know me today, they're like, you are always so happy and joyful, and if I have a quiet moment, they're like, you're a little bit more quiet today. Well, well, I get to be in contemplation sometimes, and they're like, where's your happiness? So it's the, it's a complete opposite because of the amount of changes that I've made within myself.
0: Yes. Isn't that amazing and beautiful? Wow. Okay. So uh, let's, let's go forward then with someone that you've Mm -hmm. helped. How, how does it manifest in their lives? It does. It's not instantly someone comes to the door with a pot of gold, right? It's more of a, are they just more positive about money? Do you teach them mantras or do you, what, what do, you, do you teach them to meditate and be peaceful? What do you teach them to do so the manifestation can really happen and they maintained and progressed with these help, these, this help you've given them? Right. So what I do is when I work with clients, I
1: tend to work in multiple sessions because I'm doing different things in each of the sessions. So the first session we would go back to the deeper past. We would clear the energy And bring in the energy that was needed at that time, always referencing our present moment of where we are today. Yes. Then the next session, set of sessions, we just allow the new energy to unfold. And then when we set up, you know, every seven to 10 days, we take a look at what happened during the week and what came up and what surfaced because it tells me if there's any more past stuff that needs to clear or if it's just some little fine-tuning we need to do in the present moment. And then near the end, we are always taking a look at our our future. And then what we're doing is is we're bringing that future energy into the present moment and making sure that we're going to create it the way that we want to without any of the blockages. And then the client is usually off and running after that and (laughs) they're just doing and living life. And the next thing they know is like, I don't know how you did it, but just like magic. And I went on my work trip and um, I didn't think about or worry about my husband and any of the things that he could have been doing that I was concerned about or wanting to control before, or or they're like, I wasn't anxious or I wasn't this how, you know, But it's the process because we're creating a new chemical balance in the brain. The body feels it instantly in the moment and it creates a new pattern of behavior. So it all has to do with the wiring inside.
0: Wow. Fascinating. One of the things that you say, and I think this is a little arresting, is that money attitudes can be passed down epigenetically. I think that's a very surprising claim and I would like to talk about it. Yeah. Um, everyone, epi- the epigenetic um, effect is this is. Th- there was someone named I've forgotten his first name, but Lamarck. At the same time as Darwin, uh-huh. Lamarck said that um, that our genetic programming could be changed during our lifetimes. Yes. Darwin said no, and okay. Lamarck died penniless and forgotten. But Lamarck was. Right, it turns out. I just never thought of it in terms of money attitudes. Talk a little about that.
1: Well, we inherit a lot of our money attitudes, and a lot of them are taught to us. We repeat what our parents did when we were little growing up, and our parents repeated what their parents did. So, epigenetics is the study that beliefs and all of this information is encoded in the DNA and it's passed down from generation to generation which is true, it's in your DNA, it's in the blood. So like for me, my father was born during the Great Depression and he had a huge scarcity mindset and you had to save everything. So to this day, he's in his late 80s He still has the wedding boots he can't fit into when he got married just in case he needs them. Just in case. That (laughs) got passed down to me when I was little. And I like saved everything until I, you know, got out of that paradigm, made the shifts. And now it's like, here, how much more can I give away? Because I don't want a lot of stuff today. Yes. So those types of beliefs get handed down. And depending on your culture and your ethnicity, there's cultural beliefs and things along with it as well, depending on where you're from and where your heritage is from. And that's also part of the epigenetics. So it gets passed down from generation to generation.
0: One of the stories you talk about is how the Great Depression um, went f- was carried forward. And I, I guess I didn't fully understand it. Explain that. Mm-hmm. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was um of course the person who helped theoretically to get us through the depression. Actually, he yeah, helped gosh. prolong it, but that's another story. But um there were headlines you said a nation crippled. Yeah. And of course he was crippled, as we know. He had polio. How how does yeah. all this fit together with, with, with what right. your with your theories? So so what this
1: section is talking about is really on a history level of what happens in the land and the environments that we live in and how we can inherit beliefs or inherent feelings that come along with the beliefs. So we had the stock market crash. And then after that, we That's had the right. Great Depression. And then after the Great Depression, we had the polio outbreak. But media and how that programming was, was putting out newspapers and everyone was talking about how a nation was crippled.
0: Oh, well, the
1: yes. oh, that really... Felt that energy became crippled, and- therefore the polio. And in order to overcome that, we elected a president that was crippled to pull us out and take us back to greatness. But it was those who who believed that it was crippled and that they, they felt oh, it, they put wow. it and put it into their body because of the environment. The ones that didn't didn't have polio. And that's why one member of the family could and two didn't.
0: Wow. Because
1: it was based on the feeling that was surrounded, so our news, our media, all the things we read, the movies uh the people we're with all of that influence you to how you believe and feel and will create within the body that way too
0: Wow, okay, that is really deep. Thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. you you talk to- you also talk about how we can manifest not just money in our lives, but love or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the career we want or whatever. Um, Talk about that because this is something I absolutely know is true. I know it is true. Um, If people, if you believe absolutely that, that something will manifest in your life, you will manifest it. Our minds are very, very, very powerful. We've talked about that here. So talk about that, about how, how critical, your, your attitude, your mind is even quite apart from clearing the blockages, Mm -hmm. simply knowing, knowing you're going to manifest works. Talk about that. Yes, absolutely. There's three main areas
1: that most people want change in. That's our health because we want to have happiness, our wealth because we want abundance and prosperity and relationships because we always want to have love. Now I'm going to let you in on a little secret with how it works in the energy field and what we talk about with the universe, the universe or the environment or the people or everything that has an energy field around it, measurable by science will return to you exactly what you feel. Now you can say, well, I feel, you know, that I don't have enough with money, but everything around you is returning. I don't have enough. And when that changes, it opens up the doorway for everything else because the universe, the people, the environment doesn't discriminate. It doesn't go, oh, we're going to, it's only about this category and not that one. No,
0: it doesn't do that.
1: It's an all or nothing kind of proposition.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) That's a very good point. Are you hearing what she's saying? If you feel a lack that lack is going to apply to your entire life, that all the things that matter to you, not just money, because that's simply how energy works. Energy makes abundance for you, or energy makes not enough for you. And that's true in all the areas at the same time. Very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do we change that? If we simply never think in terms of lack, we uh-huh. always consciously change it to think in terms of abundance in uh-huh. our in our love life in our um, uh, you know health in our and happiness in um, I, of course, in our in the in the money field, if we if we there was one one some actor actually I, this is a story that came back to me as I was reading your book I can't remember who it was now Jim Carrey that's right uh-huh. I read once that Jim Carrey was living in a, out of a car and he became obsessed with manifesting success uh-huh. and he uh-huh. manifested and manifested and manifested and he absolutely we bought, now everybody knows his name. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a that's a great example of someone who decided he was going to make it happen. And he did. Now, if what you're trying to make happen is not something that is beneficial to I mean, for example, I can't stand my mother in law. I manifest her death. It's not going to work that way for you. But right. If if you want abundance and you're going to share that abundance with the world, as we know he did. I mean, he became a very, uh, he became a, a funny man, which, um, and, mm-hmm. and a brilliant one. Um, then all that you are trying to manifest is actually in line with what spirit would want to give to the world. And indeed, then it worked for him. He actually ended up with more money than he was trying to manifest. I think it was, he wanted a million dollars. He got, of course, much, much more than that. Mm-hmm. So, so this is an area where. We are all blind and dumb. We really are because we think in terms of matter because that's what science tells us is all that exists, matter and matter's correlates in energy. But the real energy, the real power is mind. And mm-hmm. when, when, you, when someone talks about universe, as Donna is talking about it, they're really talking about the fact that there's one mind and all of our minds are part of that one mind mm-hmm. and all of our minds together are powerful in what they can manifest. But right now everybody's clueless about that. So we're manifesting nothing good. Right. How do we change that Donna? Well, the first step is for your own
1: awareness and to pay attention to how you feel in the moment. So take a break every hour or two hours, set a timer on your phone and assess how you feel on the inside. Because that's going to give you the first key indication if you are in alignment with what you are asking for or if you are not. And if you're not, what you're going to do if you feel stress, worry, pressure, anxiety, depression, when you take note of that, write it down on a piece of paper. And at the end of the day, see what that is for you. And then and see if there's a pattern to the energy that you're feeling in that moment and all of those moments. And then you can write down on the opposite side of the paper how you would prefer to feel. And if you wanted to do this work yourself to do it consciously, what you would do is every time you feel one of those lower feelings, you have to stop yourself and invoke the feeling that is opposite of it. And wow. when that feeling comes in, it's, you're reprogramming that part of the subconscious to come in alignment with what you're consciously asking for to manifest and you'll get results 100% of the time. Now this process is gonna take a little bit longer than if we were to like work together and do the instant shift and change because you're manually overriding an automated system. And that's how it works.
0: Wow. Okay, there there are workbooks and exercises um, mm-hmm. on on Donna's uh, financially fit program at Donna mm-hmm. Campbell, and I'm going to give you this, of course, in the program notes. dot com forward slash financially dash fit, and people are invited, are they, to go there and and see what's there and and do the, do the exercises. Yes, actually, what that is is a uh, two day program for financially
1: fit. And it's a live class that I teach through Zoom. And if you wanted to go through the process and learn how to do it, I give you the worksheets along it um, along the way. We do the two day class and then we um, you will have the, the basis for the technique that goes along with the book. For the your foundation and then there's a second program called abundant money and it's the abundant money program that's a six-week program where we go more in depth and then you have weekly homework that you would do if you want to learn really how to do this technique for yourself
0: wow okay so there's a lot that can be done here uh, to really become more familiar with how to use these manifestation techniques which as i say actually work. I already know that they actually work. I teach everything from a Christian perspective, not the religion. Remember, we're talking only (laughs) about Jesus, not the religion. The religion doesn't work at all, but Jesus does. But it's wonderful to have Donna talking about all mm-hmm. of this from an Eastern religious perspective. I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. um, um, meditation and you talk about the chakras, which I never. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a scary word. Isn't that silly? Mm-hmm. But but the point to talk a little bit about chakras, because I think it's good to have it's good to have someone who knows something about them, who can actually share some insights with people. How, what, what, yep. what can you tell us about that? Absolutely,
1: so the word chakra is a Sanskrit word for a wheel of light, and within each person, there are major energy centers, and there are seven major ones within the body, and they all have different representation. They all spin a little bit different at different speeds, so they resonate to different colors and science has the measuring tools to measure this. So when they're all perfectly in alignment and balanced, you create an energy field called an aura. An aura is three to six feet of energy that encompasses you all around. And you can take their certain cameras that they'll use. It's just like measuring EMF frequency because we are frequency. And it will take a picture of what that looks like. And you can see the different colors from the different chakras in that and what I've been shown is how each of the chakras hold different information in that part of the energy field. So the very first chakra is the root chakra. This is our foundation. This gives us um, the people who are connected to our tribe, our cultural beliefs, how we grow up. It's also the feeling of safety and security. And if you don't feel safe and secure or have a strong foundation, then You know, the next set of chakras moving out won't work. So when people say things in the money world, like, well, I want to know that I'm safe or that I'm secure, sometimes they're talking about financial security. Sometimes they're talking about emotional security. Support is another one. And money is a way to support ourselves in the physical world, but there's also an energetic support. Um, So each of them have different meaning and different representation with how the body works, but it's looking at it instead of from the place of matter. Is looking at it from the place of energy.
0: Wow. The, okay. energy,
1: creates, the energy creates the matter.
0: Now, we know that an ear, if you, may, you may be thinking, oh, but I'm not taking care of my chakras. I don't have an aura. Yes, you do. Your Every- aura, yes, mm-hmm. everybody has one. Um, and your aura is what protects you from negative entities and from mm-hmm. negative energy getting at you. There are ways to damage your aura, and of course, if you do that, then you can let all kinds of garbage into your mind, and that's very negative. But by and large, if you're living a reasonably healthy life, you don't have to worry about being possessed or anything negative. But but how then do we enhance the aura by Mm -hmm. paying attention to our chakras? Mm. There's a lot of different ways
1: to do that. One way is, of course, through meditation. You can do a chakra meditation where you can uh, just focus on the different areas that the chakra is located. So we have our root chakra, which is at the base of our spine or the perineum, the sacral chakra, which is where our belly button is, and the umbilical cord, the solar plexus, which is our sun center, which is at our stomach, our heart chakra, at the heart space, the throat, at the throat the third eye, which is the pineal gland, but it's right between your two eyebrows and then the crown, which is the top of your head. So you can sit and feel each of those if you were to direct your focus to that. Another way to strengthen it if you want to use food is eat food that match the colors of the chakras. And it will <laughs> oh, really really? chakra. So yeah, the root chakra is red. So eat red apples or red raspberries. You know, the green um, heart chakra kiwi fruit or asparagus or broccoli so you can even use food to strengthen your chakra system um, because it's the color then the color is going in and it has certain
0: vibrational frequency along with it wow okay i never thought of it that way but my goodness that's really amazing okay so essentially with tell us a little a bit about how people have been helped by this Um, do do, do you keep in touch with, with people? Do they tell you, Hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm happier in this or that way. Do you have any stories to tell like that? Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think one of my most favorite clients was somebody who it was in the health category. She had breast cancer and it was the second time that it had surfaced. She had surgery the first time. And she didn't want to go through what she did before. So she was looking for alternative ways, just like how I did when I couldn't digest food and we got connected and it took about three, three and a half months of regular work, but shifting and changing all the components vibrationally. And because she changed in frequency and vibration The cancer that was there resonated at a different frequency and vibration, and pretty soon she rose above it, so the cancer couldn't exist in the body anymore because she wasn't a vibrational match, so it left. Now, here she is. She's been about five years. She's considered breast cancer-free, doctor verified, and... It was through the process that that happened. And now she's living the life that she didn't think that she could live. She built a home. She has a mini animal farm. Now she has goats and she trains dogs and and is doing all of those things. Now, does it work (laughs) for every single person? It does. But does every single person want to go through that part of the process to look at their things? Not everyone does. And everyone has free will. So we don't get to violate that. So we get to work within the constraints of what the person is and what their belief system is.
0: Right. Right. Wow. Okay. And and you, you quoted someone who um, was talking about how your worth is different from your net worth. And she said, my husband and I have children in their 20s. We talk about the quality of life, financial choices, and social conditioning with them. I think this is an area where all of us should do be doing more teaching of our children, yes. not to believe lack. In fact, this is a whole, we could talk about this probably, what to teach children about money for a whole hour. Uh-huh. Um, not to teach them lack and not to teach them that your, their worth is financial, but their worth is in every possible way who they are, what they can do, what they, for, for people and other, it, it just, it's just spiritual. We are spiritual beings just briefly having this human experience and we don't need nearly as much money as we think we do. Um, so, but, but this is something which it seems to me is starting, just starting to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I Don't you think so? That the, the, yeah. the t- tide is beginning to turn? What, what do you see happening? Absolutely. I think after,
1: especially this whole last year, year and a half, it's a return to wholeness and a return to completeness and really allowed us to take a look at what's important to us as people, just because of all the changes in the world that have taken place. And I've always approached life as something should be, it should be experienced and should be lived fully. So When I make a decision for me and I decide that I'm going to follow a certain pathway or live a certain way, I I do it 100%. And you get to embrace that full experience. And then when you're done, you move on and you take the pieces that work for you. But. I think we should be together, family and community. And, and we learned relationships are important and connection is important. And those things outweigh the dollar every single time. And I haven't found a client yet who has asked me to help them create more abundance in their life that didn't have a reason for family behind
0: it. Yeah. Oh yes. That's, but that's all that really matters. Ultimately, not your family, but everyone's family, everyone's all our connections are what matter. I am so distressed. We've already come to our, the end of our time together. Um, thank you so much for being here. I've learned so much from you. I think your book is great, and um, I, I'll make sure that uh, everybody has your has the way to a way to reach you so that um, they can learn from you on their individual level. But consider yourself hugged, my dear.
1: Oh, thank you so much. You are so sweet. <laughs>
0: Everyone, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you were with us today. And please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. When you get what that means, all that it means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Tricia Robertson here for the second time. She's a former teacher of mathematics and physics and a lecturer in psychical research at the University of Glasgow in Scotland. So she's she's a serious scholar, you'd say. And she's written three very enjoyable books about death and the afterlife, the first of which will be our topic next week. We've already talked about the most recent one. The title of this one is A Grabber. Things You Can Do When You're Dead. Tricia had, has had some 30 years of experience in un- investigating many avenues of what we really should no longer be calling the, the paranormal, because, of course, it's all perfectly normal. Tricia calls her books an introduction to many subjects within the broad spectrum of this misnamed paranormal and so please join us next week even if the afterlife topics we've worked on them so much are beginning to feel old hat to us now trisha has some new and amusing quite amusing viewpoints and this week we've been talking with donna campbell who is a motivational speaker and the author of a new book called financially fit She tells us her book is about developing the mindset and the heart set to attract prosperity in every way, not just financially. And of course, we know there is nothing wrong, of course with attracting prosperity. I think all of us want a little more of that. We just have to be prosperous in spiritually healthy ways and for the right reasons. She says she's especially driven by her desire to share her personal heart-centered healing philosophy, and thereby she wants to help to create a world that really is a better place for all of us to live, and I think we all will say amen to that. Her book is financially fit, and I think it's lovely. I read it. I really enjoyed it. My dear friends, I love sharing with you this journey of discovery, and if you like what we talk about here, I just want to remind you that Sandra Champlain, our dear friend, focuses mostly on the fact that life is eternal with her afterlife workshops and events, two different podcasts, including one, of course, with um, uh, with George Nuri, and a popular, very popular free weekly online spiritual service called The Sunday Gathering. Sandra Champlain is a beautiful human being and a spiritual dynamo. So go to we don't and see what she has to offer for you today. As you know, I have a number of nonfiction books. No time to talk about them. We've certainly we've sort of gonna run over our time. But um any all of my books are available for in audiobooks as well as in physical books and of course in e uh, ebooks. And if you ever want to talk about anything at all, if you want to talk about my books, if you have questions, just you always can contact me through the green talk contact block on robertagrimes.com. I'll answer your email. Just make sure that you give me your right email address. Meanwhile, everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being and you Most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes
1: everything.